Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we explore an active self-care lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is more than just going for a run or a bike ride. These are conversations with others as we seek to build a theology of self-care together, exploring how we take that initiative to care for ourselves in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. Friends, this is episode 33. We are back for another great episode, and I have a returning guest, Jessica Plummer. You all might remember Jessica Plummer from our Strong Mother series. She was in episode 17, uh, and Jessica is back, and I brought Jessica back, and as I will explain, I had original intentions for what Jessica and I were going to talk about, and then that kind of changed a little bit based off of uh, the time that we have. And so uh, I'll explain it here at the top uh, that this is almost a little bit like a time of, of venting, but also working through a little bit of self-care theology for Jessica and I. And so I thought this might be an opportunity uh, for us to really just dive into this theology, uh, hopefully to help bring a little bit of sense, both for Jessica and I, for our current struggles, uh, but also maybe to uh, invite you as well, the listener, into this process of understanding, knowing, developing uh, theological groundings for your own self-care, developing routines for your own self-care. Uh, and so Jessica and I, we just go through what is going on in our lives right now, um, how we're coping, what we're doing, uh, and and those kinds of things. Uh, and, and you know, like I, I will say it at the end of the episode, I said it at the end of the recording, but, um, you know, maybe we might bring Jessica back on, but we'll uh, in, listen to this episode and, and really begin to hear those words. Uh, and so let's jump into this conversation with Jessica Plummer. All right, so uh, so we're back with Jessica Plummer. Uh, if y'all remember, uh, she was back. Uh, you were back in our Strong Mothers series. Uh, mm-hmm. And of yeah. course, Jessica continues to be one of the strongest mothers that I know. Uh, she continues to just crush all kinds of personal records with a triple stroller. Like, we'll, we'll remind our listeners of that. Um, but it's great to have Jessica back. Uh, and Jess and I were talking a little bit before we started. So I'm going to ask this question. Jessica, how you doing? <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> life kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, we were talking. So, you know, friends, sometimes in our self-care lives, uh, we really just admit that that life sucks. Uh, so I'd actually message Jess not too far back, uh, just saying, hey, I'd like you to come on and talk us through maybe a little bit about postpartum depression uh, talking us through some t- self-care things that got her through that time. Uh, as most of y'all remember, Jess kind of talked a little bit about it on her last episode. Uh, and I wanted some opportunities to explore that a little bit more. Uh, but then Jessica and I have both had just the weeks from hell uh, for different reasons, for different reasons. Uh, and so we kind of transitioned and this is going to be a little bit of, you know, Jessica and I maybe just venting, uh, but but honestly talking through what self care looks like when life just sucks. Um, and as we always say, you know we're not experts, but we're speaking from life experience. Um, so Jessica, I'll let you go first. Uh, maybe we can start today by just like let's talk about what's been going on in our lives the last couple of weeks. Um, cause I know, I mean, especially for you the last couple of days, but even just the weeks that have kind of led up to where you are right now, 
so let's start out. Let's just explore the last couple of weeks for us. So Jess, what's been going on? Um, so our schedules have kind of been uprooted because my husband is an active duty sailor in the Navy and we've been gearing up for a deployment that started yesterday. Um, so we got home from a month long underway and then we had palm period, which is a leave period. And we went to Maine and then we came home and he's been on and off working. So we haven't really had our set stable schedule. And with three littles, um, having a slightly stable schedule is kind of necessary for everyone's sanity. Um, and then, of course, we've been gearing up for this deployment that is going to be a long hauler. Um, so my kids have felt the stress. I've felt the stress. My husband obviously felt the stress. I mean, having a three, four, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old, they feed off our emotions, my son especially. and. When he's feeding off my emotions, his sister, my middle, will pick, 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 and they just go at it. And then my one-year-old, we've been dealing with some health issues and eating issues and growth issues (laughs) and delayed issues. So our plates have just kind of been full on top of preparing for daddy to leave. So, um... We started deployment yesterday, so this week has kind of been emotional. Um, He had a 24-hour workday Sunday going into this week, and then Monday they got off late. So we didn't have a lot of family time Monday. My kids have been sick all week, so we've been in and out of urgent care. I was sick at the beginning of the week, and, and then, you know, Tuesday was our last full day as a family of until daddy gets home. So we were trying to squeeze in family time. We were squeezing in everything we had to do to prepare for him to leave and make sure he had all of his stuff. And the reality just kind of sets in of what you're getting ready to endure. So I haven't been able to run all week, Mm -hmm. which is rough, which we being sick and trying to be as a family and no. Okay, so use your words, and I will move. Um, so it's just kind of been a lot for everyone. So self-care has been negative. Yeah. Um, and yesterday was an extremely long day for everyone. Um, we had a very brief morning with my husband. And then we dropped him off at the big boat, and we said our goodbyes. and. He walked away and then came home for a nap and went back and watched Ship Leaf, which nothing prepares you to watch your kids saying bye to their dad. For for take that out, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. I- for a handful of months. So um, emotions are raw over here. Uh, my three and four year old. They don't get it, but they get it. Um, my daughter, her, she just can't cope right now, um, which understandably so. My son doesn't understand that cell phones don't work in the middle of the ocean, and we can't just call daddy and have a normal conversation with him like we normally do when he's on the big boat. So yeah. it's, it's hard. So hoping today, after now, my youngest snap to get a run in and maybe start that self-care process <laughs> for myself so I can be present with my kids more. 
Yeah, and uh, it's almost just, you know, the world is swirling around you, and there's so much insurmountable stuff that's happening. Um, Yeah. And, you know, on my end, it's been, you know, you've lost the desire to run, not because you don't want to. Like, when I say desire, it's not that you don't want to. It's building up the mental strength, the emotional strength getting to a place because for runners we know that if our bodies are not not in shape but if our bodies are not prepared mentally for a run it 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 doesn't actually help us um and so you know what does it look like for us to practice self-care when maybe some of our mitigation strategies we just we can't participate in and so and that's on my end of things because you know for listeners you'll remember you know on the podcast feed and on my own social media you know, a couple of weeks ago while I was on vacation, I sprained my ankle, which took me out of running, which is frustrating because everybody knows like that's that's my big self-care practice. Uh, so we're on vacation. We get home from the first part of our vacation. Uh, we have been at the lake with my wife's family. And then our son gets COVID and we get, you know, um, isolated for uh, seven days before while we wait for you know, his symptoms to go away, for him to test negative, uh, to make sure that none of the rest of us are sick. Um, And then I get out of isolation. I go back to work. I'm back at work for, you know, we missed that second week of vacation. I come back to work for a week. And then uh, this past Monday, I hit a pothole, crashed my bicycle and uh, fractured a bone right near my elbow. Um, And as we record this podcast, uh, I am in pain. It hurts, um, but I'm also not running. Like now, I'm not biking. Um, so in my mind, I'm just like, God, what does self care look like for me? Um, and of course, you know, for 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 both of us, I think physical activity is not our only form of self care. Correct. But it definitely plays, and and I'll I'm, I'll speak for me, and I'll, I'll let Jess kind of chime in. It for me, it definitely plays a large role. And like, oh, absolutely. And it sucks because what I'm wrestling with is, you know, now you got people who are like, well, maybe like maybe you shouldn't be running. And I'm like, no, that's not it. That can't be it. Because if if I'm not supposed to be running, it wouldn't like clear my mental headspace enough to not, you know, do bad things. Um, But it definitely makes you reimagine, okay, what what can self-care look like? Um, And so. You know, it's it, and that's where I wanted Jessica and I to go today as we continue to talk. Um, and it almost kind of sounds a little bit like therapy. It's not. Neither one of us are licensed therapists. Um, I'm a pastor, and so they tell us, you know, stay in your lane. We can we can help folks, and you know, definitely for my friends in the running community, they know that Jess knows I'm always there for them. I'm always there to help them and and be there as as someone there for them. Um, but just as we unpack, I'm sure that there are others in this community who are having tough times as well. Um, and so, like, what does that look like? I mean, just everything around us, what does it look like to just function? Some days I don't even know what it feels like <laughs> to function because yeah. I feel like I live so many days in survival mode with the unpredictable schedule of military life and then adding three kids four and under um 
because how do you function? <laughs> yeah, no. And and like how and, do you and, function? No, and we were talking about this before you got on, but this is the first time that your husband has been deployed since you've had kids. Yeah, um, so we've his, done one yeah. long haul deployment um back in 2014 to 2015. And I actually didn't realize until yesterday when I found my homecoming entrance bracelet for his last homecoming. Um, I didn't realize I'd been that long. Um, and then I looked at it, I was like, oh, wow. No wonder it feels so raw because not only has it been years since we've gone through this, but now we're going through it with three kids. Um, and the emotions are just different because not only do you hurt for yourself, you hurt for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went in survival mode and now I don't have that counterpart that kind of gave me that break for when I just needed to step away for self-care, um, you know, sif- simply running to the store to grab coffee creamer without children screaming at me. <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't exist right now. So self-care definitely looks different. Um, I know for me, like last night, a big one when he's gone for me is I'm not a morning person. I'm more of a night person. Um, so I will put them to bed. I have a much earlier bedtime when he's gone than when (laughs) he is home for my own sanity reasons. (laughs) Um, So I get everyone in bed at the same time. And then I come down, I clean the house, I get myself ready for bed. And then I'll normally sit down with either a cup of tea or sometimes a glass of beer or wine. And I'll read a book or I'll watch my show. And I just kind of go mindless for a little while. Um, I mean nothing better than a thriller book while you're rolling solo (laughs) in the house by yourself at nine o'clock at night. But Hey, and, um, it's a way to kind of lose your mind, live in a, you know, live in a different world briefly and just not think of the realities of life. Um, that's normally when I take the time to finally send him like an email from me, not just about like our day, um, Mm -hmm. and what the kids have been doing. Um, that's normally when I do get my emails. So that's kind of a nice time for myself. Um, I do also try, like I said, I'm not a morning person, but I do also try to get up a little bit before my kids to actually drink my coffee hot <laughs> and spend some time in my devotional and my Bible. Um, cause I find when I'm doing that, I, I have a clearer mind. Um, I'm not waking up to kids screaming at me, so I can kind of start my day with a slower mind and I can take on their emotions a little better because mine are a little more in check. Um, so when I'm not running, those are kind of the things that I, you know, outside of running, those are the things that I like to do. Having a clean house and a tidy house and not feeling like I have a thousand chores on my to do list helps keep my mind a little quieter so that way I don't feel like I'm spiraling out of control. And, you know, my mind, I, I, I think as I, you know, wrestle in my own mind as well as continue to, to listen to things that Jess is sharing here, um, my mind goes to some Disney theology, um, which I feel like many of the parents in the podcast can relate to uh and frozen 2 which you know uh i have watched probably a hundred thousand times um <laughs> and, and i just like i think about that song um that anna sings do the next right thing um 
And I think about like how the first time I saw the movie, you know, Frozen 2 is a little bit, you know, darker theme wise than than Frozen 1. Um, but, you know, I, you look at it and you don't know whether kids like understand what's at the base of, of sort of that sort of message. Um, but I just continue to have that, you know, theme rolling through my head of, you know, in this time, like, like, what is the next right thing um, that I can do? Uh, and so whether it's, you know, for me, definitely, as I'm in a place of an inability to do physical activity, the next right thing oftentimes for me to do is is to rely on a lot of my other mechanisms of self-care. Uh, and, you know, listeners of the show will know you know, community plays a big role in that for me. Um, so it, it's funny because even though I can't run, I still go to run club. And like I had people at church who were just laughing at that. They're like, you still went to run? Like, but you can't run. I'm like, yeah, but I can still like hang out with my friends. Um, you know, family time becomes something that that I sit and rely upon as, as, as I practice self-care. Um, and so I think to myself, and try and ask myself, okay, what is the next like right thing? Um, and I know, you know, last night it was uh, like sitting there with my arm in the sling and just like crying out in pain. <laughs> um, and to know that those kinds of things are okay and to give ourselves space and grace and that kind of stuff. And, and we've talked about that before on the podcast of, of what does the space look like for these kinds of emotions in our lives. Um, you know, I'm preaching a sermon series, which, you know, for listeners of the podcast is, is being published in this podcast feed alongside of my church's podcast feed, because I think it goes well with these, th with these themes. Uh, and, and one of the sermons is going to be on the, the story of Elijah. And when Elijah is chased out of Israel, um, and he gets to the mountaintop and he's just, he just tells God, it's like, you know what, God, I'll be better off dead. Um, and it's like, Elijah's having a tough day and life sucks. And God's just like, have a snack, take a nap. Um, and I, and I think that there's a lot in that to like, what is that next right thing for us? And I don't know that there's often very much an answer. Um, and, and I think this might be a little bit, well, I don't think, um, cause I don't want to assume, um, but I'm wondering if maybe, uh, a little bit of your story in the postpartum depression comes into play in a lot of this stuff um, because I wonder if something like that has set up sort of that survival mode in terms of how do I get through something that is just feels like I'm being attacked from all sides. It feels like it's a lose-lose yeah. battle. You know, I just feel like I can't do anything. Um, now, I mean, in that you've lost a coping mechanism in in your partner um i know that you've also gained and have great community around you i don't know how much how, how much that helps um but i wonder how much like that survival instinct gets embedded uh and maybe to label it like past trauma how much of a role do you think past trauma plays in like current traumatic experiences not that i'm saying like deployment is traumatic Oh, it's dramatic. Yeah. Well, but I, I also, I, like, 
I know struggles. what you're saying, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, I get what you're saying. I mean, it does heal traumatic right now because it's definitely, obviously, still very raw. Yeah. Um, but it won't always feel so traumatic. It will definitely turn into more of a struggle. And definitely having my community, um, beyond thankful for my running community with Run Club, um, because they've all embraced me, my, you know, all three of my kids and my husband included, who didn't go very regularly because he just wasn't home to go. Um, so having that community definitely helps. Um, in the past trauma of learning how to just kind of survive through the day helps. Um, cause like right now I know currently probably for the rest of this week and probably part of next week, we've kind of reverted back to, um, those survival mode methods. Um, because it's just kind of what you have to do when you're, mm-hmm. You feel like your heart and your world was just ripped open. Um, so, I mean, I'm giving way more screen time than I normally would want to give. Um, we're eating out way more than I would like to admit because cooking is not what I do in our house. My husband does our cooking. So now something I dread doing, loathe doing, is all my responsibility. And I have three kids to take care of that for. Yeah. Um, so I have to learn how to pick up my pieces and I had to learn that through the PPD to keep my pieces together for the sake of them, even when you feel like you can't, because they depend on you, that you set the tone for their feelings and their emotions and how to regulate them. So you kind of have no choice but to set a good example for that. Um, now I won't lie once they were buckled in the car yesterday and we were driving to and from all the places we had to go and all the things we were doing did i let it all out and i cry the whole car ride ever cry every car ride absolutely um and that's okay and i will still have days where i do that because like i said this is a long hauler um it's gonna be close to a year before i see my husband again yeah so um And that's okay. And there is absolutely space for that. But there is also a lot of space to show my kids how to be strong and continue to fight through the pain and fight through the hardships. um, Because that's kind of the only choice you have. So right now, learning how to do it all, even when you don't want to do it through my PPD and my postpartum periods um, is definitely coming into play. Um, but also accepting that it's not going to be how I want our days to look normally. And that's also okay. Um, as long as everyone's happy, healthy, fed and clean (laughs) and breathing at the end of the day, um, that's kind of how we're living for the next few days and that's okay. Well, and I wonder how much the healthy, like, I wonder how much the emotional expression becomes also something that's healthy, not for you, but also for them. Um, and for those of you who haven't, you know, go back. I'd invite everyone to go back and, you know, make sure you check out last the last episode with Casey uh, and, and what they said in terms of, you know, teaching. Like, what does it mean to teach our kids to have healthy emotional reactions? Um, yeah. And it's often it's something where it's, I mean, it's, it's so difficult to, like, think about your kids seeing you just like breaking down. Um, but it also lets them know, OK, like, no, this really is a sad time um, and helps to open up those conversations to then understand like what's truly going on here. Um, Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that oftentimes I think 
not we as parents forget, but I think we as parents want to want to turn from is the the hurt and pain that our kids experience as well and the emotional trauma that something like this could come upon you know our kids because we want to like every we want to be the best parents right we want to we want our kids to to not want for anything to always have everything and when anything disrupts that uh it it gets under our skin um and it and it throws us off uh but i also wonder and consider what it's like for our kids to see us struggle like to see us be like real people and then be able to ask questions from it um, yeah, absolutely. And that's definitely and, a stage we're in right now. Yeah. And, and, um, and like, you know, just to remind listeners as we're like 20 minutes into this conversation, you know, um, and you know, your husband left yesterday. I mean, yeah. talk about like the, the wound is, is still open and you're still just trying to really find your balance of what this is going to look like. And and then to also just probably name for our listeners, this is the first opportunity you've had to really set a stable schedule just because of how hectic the last few weeks has been, yeah. have been. Yeah, um, we were not, we didn't go into this kind of rolling in our schedule. So it was just a little bump. We were going into this flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I definitely, they have definitely seen me, I hate to use the word grieve, but it's almost like grieving because you're you're grieving the time you're going to lose with your, your counterpart um, and yeah. their, their other parent. Um, so I definitely let them see it. Um, and I definitely tell them, you know, it's okay to be sad. It is 110% okay to miss daddy. It is okay to be mad that daddy's gone um, because mommy is. Um, it, it, the important part is, go put it in the sink. The important part is how we react to it and how we express that anger and that sadness. Um, there are safe and healthy ways to do it, and there are not acceptable ways to do it. And teaching a three and four year old that is very difficult. Um, like right now, today, my daughter is not expressing it in mm-hmm. a productive manner <laughs> at all. And but I'm also trying to remember she is three yeah. um, and her world was rocked mm-hmm. um, and it's going to be rocked for a few more days. Um, so we are struggling in it and it's okay that we're struggling. Neither one of us have dealt with the emotions a hundred percent the way we should have. Um, and it's something that's going to happen and it's something that's okay. And as a parent, it's, something you need to accept and give yourself grace for, which I also feel is like a form of self-care because if you consistently beat yourself up for how you react in a situation, when you react in a way that you wish you hadn't, um, you're never going to be able to grow Mm -hmm. in that situation. Um, so it's accepting it. It's saying, no, I didn't deal with that the right way. This is how I should have dealt with it and moving on because that's all you can do. Um, there's going to be a lot more of those situations over the next however long. Mm-hmm. Um, and teaching her that it is okay to mess up, that it doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you wrong. Um, it's learning. We're all still learning. This is brand new to all of us. Um, so right now, kind of my self-care, another form of my self-care is giving myself grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I react to others, how I react to situations, how I react to my kids. Um, because we're all going through it. We're all learning. We are all 
raw. Um, and they don't know why they don't get it. Um, so, and I wonder, well, and I was going to say, I wonder how much in itself, that sort of conversational piece and aspect with your kids, um, could be an opportunity for self-care for you. Um, yeah, because like when you talk to kids, like you, you have to be intentional about your words, not because you don't want to overshare, but because you need to figure out like, what words do I use to describe this? Right. And so, and so you have to be really understanding with how to describe it. And so like, I wonder, I mean, I wonder how much being able to explain and process through your kids' emotions, you know, might be a source of, of strength and help in this time as well. Oh, for sure. Because explaining their emotions to them kind of includes explaining my emotions because obviously they're seeing me be emotional. They're seeing me struggle. Um, and they're seeing me be mad, sad, happy, angry, upset, confused, frustrated, and it's all normal for this time period. Um, and so putting words and names to my emotions for them helps them understand when they're feeling that way so they can put names and words to how they're feeling um which is you know obviously something you have to teach a three and four year old you're not born knowing that yeah um so i know for my son especially when he is angry he is aggressive um he is very aggressive he is very mean he is very nasty um and it's teaching him how to take reacting that way and channeling it into a better situation and a better way to do that because it is okay to be angry it is okay to be angry to the point that you are aggressive but it is how you express that aggression that makes it okay so we currently are like giving him safe spaces to do that like i tell him i'm like you can be mad you can throw things but these are not things you can throw and this is not where you can throw things you can go through things at your bed. You can go through your pillows on your bed. You can go through your blankets on your bed. You can go through your stuffies on your bed. That is a safe way to do it. You're not going to get hurt. No one around you is going to get hurt and nothing's going to get broken. Um, right now, teaching my daughter anything, not happening. Yeah. It's just not happening. She is not in a state of mind where she can process what I'm saying when she is feeling those emotions. So it's just kind of giving her space and grace and love to work through it. Um, a lot of space with TV time for her right now, because that is how she copes. Um, and you know, it's a coping mechanism. It is a, it's a process. Um, she's just angry and she doesn't know why. And so she's mean to me. She's mean to her brother. She's mean to her sister. She's mean to the world. Um, and teaching her that it's okay to an extent. Um, But also teaching her grace because you're not going to be perfect. You're never going to be perfect. And learning how to give her grace is definitely um, something that's helping me work through my emotions because it's teaching me how to keep my emotions in check and not do the things I'm teaching her not to do Yeah, (laughs) because I'm mad and I'm angry too. And, and it's, and it kind of is, is coming to my mind a little bit because where our situations differ is the state in which uh, my my situation only impacts me. I mean, like I'm the only one with a broken arm. It you know, but at, at the same time, it kind of impacts every your whole family because you're losing your major no, form does. of self care um, and, and your step away and, time. Yeah, and in that, 
it's offered the opportunity for, you know, my kids to see, okay, how does daddy handle, like, when daddy's angry, which, you know, they've seen, unfortunately. Um, but, like, when daddy's just in a, like, frustrated, upset, you know, what does what is helping daddy look like? Uh, and things like that. And in that, learning that empathy and care uh, yes. that you can offer to someone who's going through a difficult time. And we see, the like, how do our emotions, how does the state and nature in which we care for ourselves then impact that maybe the way that others can care for us? And so, you know, I mean, we, we jested at the top, we joked at the top that, you know, what is like, what does self-care look like right now? And it, it feels so insurmountable to even consider like self-care, um, you know, like, like you said, oh, I'm not, I'm not running. And, you know, I just, I'm in a terrible headspace. Um, but I think as we unpack, it's like, okay, no, it's just self-care looks a lot different than what I normally would prefer to practice. And yeah. I almost think that there's a state and a time when self-care becomes survival. Um, and when that survival and that manner of self-care comes into place that we just have to move to like our most basic human understanding. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of leads into my next thought. Um, I feel like, especially for moms, um, self-care, I'm trying to think of how to word this properly. Um, what people see proper self-care as is um, almost not always attainable, I guess. Um, people see self-care as going out, um, going shopping, getting your hair done, going and sitting at a coffee shop, going and sitting at a bar by yourself, going out with girlfriends, um, going out on a date, going, you know, going and having self-care time, you know alone time, which it absolutely 110% necessary. Um, but that's not always possible in all stages of life. Um, I see a meme that goes around all the time that says self-care is not going to the grocery store alone, taking a shower, um, uh-huh. stuff like that. And sometimes like, I know, especially for me, um, in our current life situation, sometimes self-care taking an hour or taking an hour long shower is absolutely self-care for me. Um, Going to the grocery store without my kids right now will 100% be self-care because that requires me getting a babysitter. Um, And going out and doing what society views self-care as takes a lot of work on my part right now Um, because it's not just as easy as, oh, daddy's home. Mama's going to go have self-care time. Um, A lot of my self-care is done at home right now. Um, Yeah. But I also know for me personally, self-care is my devotional time in the morning, um, my self-help book that I'm reading with a book club right now, um, sitting and having a hot cup of coffee when I put the, to- the baby down for a nap and the toddlers are watching their tablets because mm-hmm. no one's screaming mommy at me. Um, there's so many forms of self-care. And I feel like a lot of people get wrapped up in thinking that self-care is only when you are out doing something alone by yourself taking true like alone me time which like I said 100% necessary 100% deserved by all parties um 
but sometimes that's not always attainable and I feel like it makes a lot of moms or even dads feel like they're not taking care of themselves in the form of self-care because that's not attainable to them and sometimes all they can get is a 30-minute uninterrupted shower and that's self-care because you are taking care of yourself. Some days for me, taking a shower fills my cup because I have made myself feel new. Uh Um, So I feel like the stigma around self-care shouldn't be there for anyone um, because um, self-care is what makes your cup feel full, makes it feel like you are pouring into yourself um, and that you are taking a few minutes to just breathe. Um, And yes, everyone deserves the me time, the alone time. Um, But do what you can, work with what you've got. And I feel like there needs to be more grace for that. No, I mean, I wholeheartedly agree, you know, and, and I've said it on this episode before that, um, just in the same way that, you know, our understanding of, you know, faith and religion gets twisted by all these various things. I mean, it's the same way about self-care. Like we open, I mean, I like, you look at a magazine, right? And you see just like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the perfect ideal body image. Um, and it's like, uh, then how am I like the tank of the run club and like, you know, still as fast as I am? Uh, I should not be as fast as I am, right? <laughs> According to society, no. No. Um, and, and so and like, I feel like that comes back to social media almost. And, um, and again, like, why does society have to dictate? Like, and it, I think that's what gets back to like my frustration and like, I mean, you know, I'm just going to call it out is, you know, a lot of folks who are, uh, I mean, not running folks. We all just joke that I need to get just, I need to invest in lots of bubble wrap for whenever I go and do activities. Yeah. Your Um, Christmas present this year is going to be a box bubble wrap. Y'all are just like, (laughs) y'all are just like, no, Andrew needs to run. So we need to figure out how to keep him running. Uh, I had a lot of those big inflatable balls. Yeah. I had a lot of other folks who were like, Andrew, you just need to stop running. And I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you think I need to stop running because you think it's maybe dangerous. Like you think physical activity is dangerous for me. No, physical activity is healthy for me. Um, I, I just happen to also be made of glass. Um, but, you know, I think how often society tries to dictate how we should care for ourselves, right? They um, do. And... You know, oh, you shouldn't run when, in fact, like, I have only had, I can count on one hand the amount of, like, legitimate running-related injuries I've had in my life. Um, I can count, I don't have enough fingers and toes to count the amount of times I've been injured in my life. My injuries happen because I do stupid things, um, not because I run, um, like, you know. Just so happens, running requires you to have no injuries. So people feel like because you can't run, it's a running injury. But in reality, no, it's a regular injury. It just makes it so I can't run because my body has to be healed to run. Well, and in the same way, it's like, oh, you're stressed? Like, oh, you have three kids at home? Well, you just need to get out of the house. And you just like, and I know this feeling, one, because like I have seen Jess's face when she wants to scream this. And also, too, like I felt it myself. Uh, but you just want to scream in the void, like, how is that supposed to happen? <laughs> right. I mean, do you know how expensive babysitters are nowadays? Yes, like, I do. No, on now. it's like, it's like, no, how is that supposed to happen? Like, how am I supposed yeah, to get out how? of the house 
when you're right, like a babysitter probably around here, like on the low end, maybe is like twelve, thirteen dollars an hour. But like, and be, I just, yeah, my kid's safety is not worth being on the low end. Um, yeah. We don't just leave our kids with anyone. A, because they're my kids and B, God, I don't ever want to have to send that Red Cross call that because mommy needed to go out and have some me time, got a babysitter and here we are in a situation that no one wants to be in. Um, And obviously I pray every day that that's never a situation, but as a military spouse and a mom rolling solo, it's something I think about. Um, And finding, I don't have family here. Um, Yes, I have all of my friends. I have my run club. I have the biggest support community I could ever imagine. And I know if I asked any of them to take my kids so I could go sit and get my nails done because I needed to breathe. None of them would bat an eye. Um, Someone would take my kids. Um, But that's just not who I am. Um, I, it almost wouldn't be self-care for me because I would be sitting in the nail salon the whole time. Like, oh my gosh, I really shouldn't be doing this. I should be at home with the kids. I'm inconveniencing someone else. I'm taking too long. I'm and then, and there's the mom guilt, right? There's the, and I mean, yeah. but I, it, like so often I feel like we want to have answers and like, I, and like, I will say that like a lot of times I try and be really careful. Cause like, if I, if you try and offer an answer, like, is that answer actually helpful? Does it fit within that person's ability to be able to cope in that way? Because, you know, one thing that I've learned about you, and this is great. Cause like, all the friends that I've made from run club have all been like friends for less than a year. So it's interesting just how much we've grown together as a club, as a group just Mm -hmm. in the last year. And, you know, I also know that, that Jessica loves to spend time with her kids as much as they annoy and frustrate her. Like Jessica loves to be with her kids. And so you also know that sometimes just being able to spend time with your kids is a form of self-care for you. Now, I mean, like, we'll draw the line. Like, there is too much time, right? There is too much time, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, well, and, I say that, like, and I say that because our... I know that my wife is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. I know that my wife loves spending time with kids. But I think that there also gets to be that point where it's like, all right, you know, I'll watch the kids, like, go upstairs and take a shower. Or, you know, hey, we need something from the store. Do you want to run there and get it? Or, like, if she says, hey, I'm going to Target, I'm like, don't spend all of our money, but like maybe keep it under like a grand. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah, my husband's really good about that. He can tell when I'm like just done. Um, and he, I'll run to the store or he'll take the kids outside so that way I can be in the house alone. Or like the other day I was, you know, struggling with him leaving and just, it was, one thing after another and the baby was napping and so he just took the kids and to run, he took both big kids to run an errand yeah um and i mean it was just 10 it was like 20 minutes but it was 20 minutes of not hearing mommy <laughs> and don't get me wrong i was real happy when they got home <laughs> yeah but sometimes you just need those 10 minutes to breathe um but yeah seeing my kids happy and have fun and taking them swimming and taking them to run club is, is definitely a form of self-care because they're doing, they're participating in something that I love. Um, so everyone all the time, like, how do you run with that triple? And it's like, well, 
I have no choice, first of all. And second of all, they love going with me. Um, they are learning the love of being active. And, you know, my four-year-old's completed a 5K now. Um, he crushed it. He didn't just complete it. He crushed it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get in the stroller once. He ran, walked the whole thing. Um, so they're just, they're learning. They're... It, I mean, it's good for everyone. We get out, we're busy, we do things, um, and it's great. But let me tell you, on these solo parenting days, bedtime is also a real nice treat. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I think it comes in knowing ourselves and being comfortable with, no, this is how I practice self-care. Um, and, and it's one of the things that, that as we look at this, it's like, why does society have to have an answer for everything? Exactly right. that self-care, the word is in itself. What makes yeah. you, yourself, feel better? Um, yeah. And don't let anyone tell you that that's not what makes you feel better. Because if it's what makes you feel better, it's what makes you feel better and it's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, that's, and that's okay. Yeah. And, like, you know what? Sometimes it might involve taking a stuffed animal and just, like, chucking it across the room. I mean, you know? I mean, yeah. let's let's talk about... I mean, I think that I would rather see something like that than an unhealthy, like, suppression of emotions because it's like, you're, whether you tell your kids or whether someone tells you, it's like, no, you're not allowed to be angry. Like, I think what would frustrate me is, and I've heard this for families who have had deployments. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Um, God help the person who said it, if, if, if you have, but it's like, you shouldn't be angry. Like, they're serving their country. They're doing all of this good work. And it's like, yes, but they're also like an integral part of this family and we love him. Uh, so yeah, we're back here. Jess just kind of had to hop off for a second. But, um, you know, we were talking about this, this way that society tries to sort of dictate what self-care should look like. Uh, and and before, before she kind of hopped off for a second and, you know, obviously... I'm not going to give y'all priviness to, to what happened. <laughs> she took a phone call and I cut that part out. Um, but when we think about society trying to dictate, like how often does that role that society tries to take to just solve the world's problems actually become a hindrance, right? I mean, just, yeah. And, and, and it becomes toxic. Um, to, it does. Cause I feel like it limits, um, what people feel like they can do to care for themselves because they feel like they have to meet society's standards of self-care. There should never be a standard to self-care um, because the only person that knows what you need for self-care is you. Yeah. Um, and it, that, in reality, that can look different for everyone. Um, I know, like, stop. You don't play with your food. Um, I know like personally for my, well, not personally, but for my husband, self-care is working in the garage, tinkering on the hundreds and thousands of tinkering projects that we have in our house. And me personally, I get so mad at them, <laughs> but for him, it's, it's a de-stressor. Yeah. Um, and see, that's why you don't play with your food. Pick it up, please. Um, it. It's different for everyone, and that's 
allowed. Um, it needs to be allowed. It needs to be accepted. And there should never be a standard on something like self-care. Yeah. My personal opinion. <laughs> Let and, me just throw I, that in there. No. And I mean, I think that, that then that becomes the healthy nature. Okay. And, and I know that a lot of it's genuine. Like people, I mean, they want to be helpful. They want to be mm -hmm. there for folks. You know, they want to offer things. Um, and, and, and I mean, some, and I mean, sometimes I can see the genuineness in it. Um, but I think maybe it also mm -hmm. comes down to, uh, instead of trying to solve the problem of, of maybe asking the conversation of, of forming the relationship of knowing and understanding what makes the person tick, um, yeah. and, and, and looking and seeing, I think that's where the, the community really comes into play because we begin to see, you know, the long, the more we spend in community together, uh, the greater ability we have to truly, you know, help in that self-care routine. You know, I think about the relationship that, that you and Carrie have, and I think about yeah. the way that you two bounce off of each other. And so when I see you two interact, um, you know, um, uh, I can cut this if you don't want it in there, but I, I th it was a few months ago, we were at the brewery and I, like it, something just, just ticked you off and you just like excused yourself, like went away and, and Carrie just kind of like stood there for a second. Like you could see her just like cat in her head. And then she went over there and you guys just, you had a conversation. I'm guessing, you know, I'm not, I, I didn't, I didn't insert myself into the conversation because that wasn't my space. Yeah, um, no, Carrie's definitely someone that can bring me from a hundred back down to zero real quick. Um, she definitely understands how I tick. Um, yeah. She's a lot like my husband. Um, thought process wise. So I think that's why she can so easily bring me from a hundred to zero so fast. Um, because she gets how I tick and she responds with it's very similar to how he would. Um and but I'm sure she it's says, not like but I'm sure it's not like, hey Jessica, you need to collect your shit right now. Like I'm sure no. it's a little it's it's softer than that. It, which, it's much softer. Yeah. Um but she she knows how to walk me through things. She um Nine times out of 10, she's my first phone call. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't get a hold of my husband when things are going wrong. Um, like yesterday, I just simply texted her. I was like, today sucks. Um, <laughs> I hate this. And she called me after work and she's like, today is allowed to suck. Um, you are allowed to feel that way, but you're going to have to pick it up. You're going to have to put it together um, and you're going to have to figure it out. Um, the other day I texted her and I was like, and I just went off like, how am I going to do this? I can't do this. How do I put my kid's father on a boat for X amount of days and survive? And she's like, you've done, you, you haven't done X amount of days, but you've done this and you do the same thing you've always done. Um, you lean on your people. You, you take your love from your community and you figure out how to get it through. And sometimes simply sending those sex messages is a form of self-care. If you have someone you can send those sex messages to who knows you're going to feel those feelings, um, who gets that you feel those feelings, but also can gently give you the reality that you need. Um, that is a form of self-care because you're getting it out. You're not holding it in. You're expressing it and you're graciously being told to continue trucking on because yeah. that's all you can, you or not all you can do, but you have to in some capacity. Um, you may feel like your world is stopping, but the world doesn't stop. Yeah. And, well, you, and it, you need to survive through that. Yeah. And it comes from community that understands you, 
right? It doesn't yeah. come from a world that's trying to judge you for uh, either being a terrible mom, um, being a, a terrible wife, because you know you're an emotional wreck when when your husband is 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 doing something that's for the good of society or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you don't feel like it's for the good of society. No, that, well, that's the selfish no, side of it. No, no, it's not that it's not good for society. But sometimes you just want to say, heck with society. I want a husband. Yes. I want a husband. <laughs> I want, I want my a husband. Father. Yeah. No. And like, I mean, I, this is like, yeah, we've, we've talked about this before. Like this is one of the frustrations a lot of times with like the military or, or with the, the way, and maybe not even just the military, but sometimes even just the way that vocation in general, like sometimes the way that work yeah. in general gets in the way. And I think that something like a deployment, like a you know, generously eight month to, you know, maybe not so generously year long deployment is like, does anybody actually care about how we care for ourselves in this country? Because, you know, we're able to talk to Jess, like, I mean, let's get Josh on and see how he feels like, (laughs) I promise he wouldn't be so gracious in it. And he's a service member, but it's hard as a service member to up and walk away from your family for X moments. Like we were talking the other night, his last deployment, we we had, you know, we had a time frame, um, not an exact, but much more direct than we do right now. Um, like this deployment is literally we're deploying, we'll be home when we get home. Um, yeah. The last one was we're deploying and we will be home in June. Yeah. Um, we didn't know the day, but we at least had a time frame. Um, so this one is much more open ended. Um, which makes it a little harder, especially for him. Cause he's like, I don't know when I'm going to see my kids in person again. Yeah. Um, so it's hard, but I know definitely for me in this season of life that we're going through, um, having my community, my main community is definitely run club. Um, it's we're one big family. Um, there's no, absolutely no question about that. I have shown my ugly side <laughs> and everyone still loves me the same. Um, I know. Through this season of life, I could go there and I could completely lose my crap just because I simply miss my husband. And no one would bat an eye. Um, they would be gracious in the fact that I just miss my husband and I'm just having a day. Um, I'd probably get bought 10 beers in reality. Um, <laughs> or I mean, they would they would just simply give me. me a hug. <laughs> exactly. Um, they would just simply give me a hug and tell me that it's okay or that they're sorry or that they're there and let me know if I they if I need anything. Um and I, or I could be having a bad mom day because right now I'm the only parent around. Um and I could walk out and I could leave literally all three of my kids, including the one year old, for a few seconds to gather myself, and I know that nothing would happen to them. Um they, everyone in that group would keep an eye on my kids and make sure that my kids were okay and give me the few minutes and no one would judge me and say that I'm a bad mom or that I'm neglecting my kids, um, that they would simply know I'm walking away because I need a minute to breathe. Um, so finding a community and a group of people that are truly like family that are going to love you through the good and the bad and not have a shred of judgment is definitely a safe form of self-care um and i wish everyone could have that i know it's not a reality for everyone but i i wish everyone could because it makes trying times like this in any capacity um feel a little more bearable and 
and I think that that kind of it doesn't it doesn't answer the question um, because I think answering the question often sounds like we've made everything all hunky dory again. Um, right. But I think it, I think that that is the nature of that that next right thing. Right. Yes. The, the, the next right thing is often that, you know, we need to stop listening to the voices that aren't helping us and listen to the voices that love us. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's friends. That's that's family. That is community that we have formed around us. You know, for, for those who for those who have faith, you know, relying on faith can be a great thing. Um, now, as a pastor, I will say faith within community. Um, yes. Just because uh, faith alone is 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 not going to solve all of our problems, but faith in community is definitely something that helps us to get through these troubles. And and to name that, and it's not just because y'all have a pastor in the run club, um, mm-hmm. and it's not just because you have like other people who identify as Christian in the run club, but it's just because that the run club is an awesome group. Um, but but I would label the run club as like one of those spaces of like faith and community. Um, oh, definitely. Because when I, I say faith like- and community, I mean like a community that reminds you about hope, like a community yeah. that reminds you about the hope that, okay, life doesn't suck as much as I think it does. And mm-hmm. this group, this community, these people around me, you know, they remind us of, of God. Yeah. They remind us of, of how we can cope. Um, and so, I mean, there's those kinds of things that really sit and embed within us. Yeah. Like not to go back to Carrie, but like, that's another huge thing for her. Like I can go off and off and off and off and off. And she'll be like, just pray, Jessica, just stop what you're doing and pray. Yeah. Um, which is a huge thing. Sometimes you just need that reminder because I mean, I know for me, obviously at most people listening to this podcast, faith is huge. Um, and I've done a lot of it, <laughs> done a lot of praying the last few weeks because I fully stand beside that God wouldn't give you more than what you can handle. Um, he already sees the end. Um, and it's what path are you going to take to get to that end? Yeah. And are you going to take the world last traveled <laughs> or are you going to take the easier path that he's created for you? Um, and you're not going to know what path to take without praying on it. Um, yeah. so there's been so much praying lately of guide me through this, show me where I need to go, show me how to maneuver this, show me how to survive this, show me how to do that with you beside me. Um, and I almost wonder if it's less of like, it's not that God doesn't give us more than we can handle, but I almost wonder if it's, you know, when we get lost in the world, if it's recognizing that God is there to get us through whatever comes yeah. before us. Um, Cause you know, I had someone who, you know, again, pr- they, they try to be, you know, they, they're genuine and it just is like, but they're like, oh, well, maybe God is trying to teach you to, like, take it slow. And I'm like, so you really believe that God caused me to, like, hit a pothole, break my arm, be in immense amount of pain just to tell me to, like, slow down? Um, I mean, that's just my struggle with that kind of line of thinking. But I almost wonder if it's just like, you know what? Yeah, I've broken my arm. Um, yeah. Like, God, help me get through this. Because yeah. this is, like, this is tough. Um, I've had times in my life where I've chosen not to run um, for a variety of reasons, but definitely in the last like four or five years where I have returned to running 
it makes it difficult on days that I can't run. Um, I, I, I can't remember if you were there, like the run club, the first time I came back to run club after I sprained my ankle. Uh, but we were joking because I was telling, it was like, you know, I was, we were talking to Ryan. I'm like, Ryan, how many times have I asked you if I can run in the last like week and a half? <laughs> and Ryan's like, like every day. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, cause I just like, I love to run. It's, it, it calms me mentally. It makes me feel great. Like physically. I mean, it just, there's all of those benefits that I have from running and I love it. And so like, do we really think that God would take something away from me that I truly love? And I, I don't think so, but I know that God is, you know, alongside this journey with me helping me keep my sanity while I continue that journey back. Um, and I think that that becomes like a huge factor as we continue to move forward. So, um, and I mean, there's so much more in this that, that there is. To there is. Um, I and, feel like we could have a lot of episodes on this. <laughs> well, and, and, and maybe like, I mean, maybe as we get, you know, a few more months into this deployment and, you know, there's been a lot more emotional processing you know, I think that that might be an opportunity to kind of come back on. Um, yeah. And, and, and for those listening, I mean, this might be a journey that we follow for, for a little bit, just because this, this is an opportunity where self-care becomes important. This is, this is why we for practice sure. self-care. Um, yeah. We, we practice self-care, one, to make us healthier versions of ourselves, whatever that healthy version means. But we also practice self-care because when the time comes when self-care is necessary, that is the hardest time to practice it. So it is. Uh, it really is. Yeah. Um, and I told Jess, I'm like, I might have into the podcast questions, but I don't, you know, I mean, Jess has already answered like all of our end of podcast questions. Um, and so, you know, I just, you know, I think well, right now, go it's, back, yeah. Well, maybe to go back to um, God is always there. God is always guiding God's hand is always there. As we were talking about Carrie and Carrie texting me to just pray. I get a text from Carrie Yeah, <laughs> and basically saying like thinking of you today and praying for you through this. So it just goes to show like God puts people in your life that is supposed to be put in your life. Um, and just he's, his hand is always in it. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that. Um, and it's, it's listening. It's listening to what he has to say and what he wants you to hear. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, what's something you'd want to say to folks? And so you, you answered the question. Um, but, yeah, so um, so we'll hop. So, so uh, you know, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for, for hopping on today. I know you got a crazy household. Um, and so, as I always say, I don't, I don't apologize for, for, for background noise. Uh, it is the joyous sound of children just learning and growing. And so, Jessica, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me again. Definitely. Just wow. Like, I don't even know where to go from there because that was such a humbling conversation for me to have. Uh, the That Jessica was uh, bringing her whole self into this conversation was willing to be that open with us you know like i said in the conversation i have gotten to know jess a lot over the last uh, almost year through the run club and it's been an opportunity i have seen her struggles as her husband has gone underway for for you know days or even like a week and seeing the struggles and so when 
we, when she started talking about this extended, this longer term deployment that he was going on, it, it, it was an understanding in, in all of our minds that this was going to be a tough time for her. Uh, and, and she brought those feelings, she brought that understanding into this conversation uh, and, and allowed us into that mindset of what it has looked like for her to practice self-care. Uh, and, and we got to that point where, you know, we saw at the beginning of the conversation that for her it was really difficult to imagine self-care. And then as we came towards the end that, no, it's just self-care looks really different right now. And it's something that, you know, we're going through, we're working on, and that's okay. It, self-care is going to look different in different seasons of our lives. And sometimes we have to be okay with that. Sometimes we have to understand that that is going to be what is happening. And sometimes we have to look within ourselves to know what it's going to look like and to have that community who loves and supports us that can help us to grow in that understanding. The community that will say the right thing. And I, and I say that in a delineation of, you know, sometimes when someone is going through tough things, there is a right thing to say and there is a wrong thing to say. And I think you heard a little bit come out for me there at the end of that conversation as I unpacked some troubling theology that I've always had uh, with the church. And as a pastor in the church, yes, I have problems with theology that the church uh, believes. I struggle with it a lot, trying to understand the way in nature that, that I see and experience God. And so, yes, I struggle with very much a lot of theology as I wrestle with it. And I ask why as a pastor. And so, um, but all of us are wrestling with this and we're wrestling with, you know, the world tells us that we need to do X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z doesn't work for me. We want everything to be so prescriptive, to be so right in line. And we hear from Jessica, you hear from me that that's not the case. That's not how this works. Uh, that's not how any of this works. I remember that uh, commercial and, and mean, but uh, as we continue to wrestle through this. And so, you know, I, like I said, we'll, we'll get Jess back on, hopefully, uh, as, as she continues to go through this season of life and maybe we can continue to unpack uh, emotions and, and understandings. But for now, I wanted to leave the conversation there because uh, one, we could have talked about it forever uh, and, and this would have been like a four hour long episode. Um, but, but also just, you know, what does healing continue to look like for us? What does self-care continue to look like for us? How do we continue to do that work? And so uh, I, I left the conversation there uh, allowing you as the listener to begin to just think and reflect and contemplate, um, but also as an opportunity for this entire community to, to reflect on those struggling times in our lives. And so, you know, I want to thank you so much for joining this conversation, for, for listening to this episode. You know, don't forget to check out those show notes. We have all sorts of ways. I will link to the last time Jessica was on. There's a lot of good information in that episode about her role as a mom. You do hear some of the other stuff that uh, deals with her, her husband's uh, deployments and, and military service, uh, as well as uh, her desire and love to run with that trip stroller and man can she push and haul that thing around uh she is just doing amazing things with that stroller and so make sure you check out those show notes uh also make sure to check out our active faith community on facebook uh where we come together we support we encourage one another and and we share uh just what's going on in our lives as we seek to encourage as we seek to practice self-care in our lives uh, if make sure that you're subscribed to this podcast again, uh, it, it was Wednesday this week, but I try and get them out on Monday. I've got this sermon series that I'm doing, 
uh, at my church, uh, and I am posting those sermons uh, here in this podcast feed, in the Active Faith podcast feed, uh, as well as over on my churches, but I wanted to post it here so that you had the access to that and you could hear it. Uh, if, if you don't want to listen to it, that's fine. Just, you know, uh, 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 skip it or, or whatever you want to do. But I wanted to provide that here as an opportunity to grow in our own theology of self-care as well as as I seek to understand what it means to preach on this subject, not just as a, a, a subject of rest and Sabbath, but as a holistic lifestyle of self-care. And so uh, look forward to that coming out on Monday. Make sure you're subscribed on this feed so that it just pops right into your feed. Uh, and I'd love it. If you're feeling really generous, leave a rating and review. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify. Uh, leave a review and a rating. If you leave a review, I will, I'll read it. I'll give you a shout out in the next podcast. Um, but that just helps others know like what you think of this podcast. Uh, if you love it, uh, leave a review so that others know how uh, great of a job you think I may be doing. Um, and and if you would love to support this ministry, this mission that I have created here, that's that's really what I think about it, a ministry that I've been able to offer. Uh, I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash runninrev. Uh, the link is in the show notes. And if you would love to go over there and, and just support me with any dollar amount, that just helps me continue uh, to, to bring this podcast uh, into your feeds. Uh, not that the lack of support is preventing it, uh, but if you would just love to have an opportunity to support in a different way, that is there. Um, and if you can do none of those other things, I would love it if you would just share it. Just when it pops up on social media, share it. Tag Active Faith Pod on Facebook or Instagram uh, and show your support that way. Help others find the podcast. Help others uh, see this nature in which we can care for ourselves and that uh, we can find our own ways to care for ourselves and be in community with one another. And so may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.